Welcome to Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John, and that's Richard. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing well. So much today. We've got uh, comic book auction sites, pros and cons. Have you ever bought from a comic book auction site before? Have you ever been interested in it? We're going to walk you through all the different aspects of it. You may be surprised, so stick around. We also have our 25-year rule book, a.k.a. the book that finally broke me and caused me to quit collecting for years. <gasps> what could it be? Underrated books of the week, but let's get going, Richard. You take the hot book of the week. What is it? The hot book this week is Joker number two that's out mm-hmm. just this week. The first appearance of Vengeance, the daughter of Bane. Um, the book is selling really well. It's selling above ratio for all of the uh, incentive covers. And uh, it's it seems to really have hit a nerve. Yeah, there's also a one per store surprise drop that came out that uh, on release day, prior to release day, it was going for $250 on eBay. The regular A covers fetching anywhere from $15 to $18 as of this recording. So people seem to be responding to this. Uh, it's a, just another new Bat character. We've had what? Punchline, uh, Clown Hunter, Miracle Molly. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's starting to feel manufactured to me, yeah, you know? Think- yeah, it's like this, or you know, you know, DC says, "Wow, our our sales are dipping. Let's come up with a new first appearance." And uh, all of a sudden, here's this character. I can't but, say you know, Marvel's innocent of that either, though. Uh, for sure, but you know, people like James Tinian. He's a great writer. He seems to be hitting all of uh, all the all the right notes. So there may be something to this. I'm still waiting for the big clown hunter wave to sweep over the nation. Uh, you know, punchline jury still out or we, we, do we have a decision on punchline? Do we have a verdict? Uh, I, you know, I think punchline is here to stay. Uh, yeah. I've, I, I think at this point she has, she has persisted long enough to be more than just a, a one and done, but uh, I don't think she'll ever, ever eclipse Harlequin. No, but that one in 25 uh, sketch variant of Punchline where she was introduced is still doing gangbusters uh, on the secondary market. So uh, Vengeance, Daughter of Bane, does she do roids? (laughs) She'd have to, wouldn't she? I mean, isn't that what Bane is about? I just can't see Bane being the fatherly figure. Uh, you know, well, I, I haven't read the book. Was he a doting dad? No, was he a, was he an absent father? I'm, I'm, be- I'm betting on that. Uh, you know where I, I wonder what happened to. I thought this was going to be a big character, and he just kind of was one and done for in the Batman universe when we were reading the book. Do you remember the KG Beast? No, no. Uh, Jim Starlin was writing the book and he was like a Russian operative, the KG beast. And, you know, he kind of dressed like a, a leather daddy. It was, it was very, very fetishy and weird. Uh, but it was a, yeah, it was a great storyline. Uh, but he just seems to have never been used again. If you guys know if KG beast has ever come back, let us know in the comments. <laughs> and let, us, let us know what you think of vengeance as well. Is this something you care about? Yeah, this is it's a good question. You know, um, Marvel has dallied with introducing characters like they introduced uh, Wolverine's daughter for one issue of Marvel Presents, and um, then they never really did anything with her. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 they do this to spike sales, and uh, I don't know if they have any long term plans for this character. 
We'll see. Like I said, leave us a leave us a comment, shoot us a DM, follow us on Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods on Facebook as well. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do. If you haven't liked one of our videos, please do that for us. We appreciate it. And just a reminder, the notification bell lets you know when our bonus episodes go live. We had one drop out of the blue Friday evening at 7 p.m. I was really happy to see so many people in the live chat on a Friday night. I, I did it was awesome. Yeah, I did not feel as alone on a Friday night, <laughs> all you guys. So thanks for that. Uh, time for our main topic this week, comic book auction houses. How do they work? Are they worth it? The pros, the cons, we're going to break it down for you because you know about Instagram live sales. We've talked about that. Of course, you know about eBay. Of course, you know about your local LCS comic shows. But you have some of these different comic book auction houses that live on websites. Uh, I sound like my dad explaining the internet to someone. They live <laughs> on these things called the interwebs. Uh, but you may have heard of them. Heritage Auctions, Comic Link, Comic Connect, MyComicShop.com. Uh, and we have some tips for you from our experiences. I say that with trepidation, Richard. Yeah, John, both John and I have, have had sticker shock from some of our recent auction purchases. Yeah. it's Let's, uh, go, let's go through the pros first. Tell us some pros. Uh, so one, probably one of the biggest pros is that these auction houses bring the big boys out to play. So if you're selling a book, it's a great place to sell because the buyers that are showing up to these auctions uh, are for the most part vetted. I mean, they, they, they will have the means to purchase your uh, Hulk 181 as opposed to, you know, maybe a 15 year old on eBay who just does a, does a bid just because he wants to, and then can't afford to pay it if they win. The auction houses are much, much more reliable source for sellers. And if you're a buyer, they're actually good as well because you're not going to find many Fantastic Four number ones or Amazing Fantasy 15s on eBay or during an IG live sale. You're just not. You know, it's it happens, but it's very rare and it's a big deal when it does happen. But these people hold on to these mega, mega keys and they, and they maximize their profits through these auction houses. So it's an easy way to find tougher books. And that's why I only use them, frankly. Yes. Uh, it, it, if you're looking for some of those high dollar books, just like the, 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 the sellers have the confidence that the buyers are vetted, the, as a buyer, you can be more confident in people who are selling on Heritage, for example, that, you know, that they actually have the book that they're listing. Yeah. Uh, if you buy on eBay and some of those other sites, you have a greater opportunity to be scammed than you do on, on Heritage or our, my comic shop. So definitely, I think the, the confidence level in the transaction is stronger on these sites. Yeah, I mean, you can buy with definite uh, security and ease. Once you get approved, you do have to get vetted a little bit. You have to prove you who are, you are who you are. You've got decent credit if you're using a credit card. Uh, most of them do require that. So one thing I would tell you is get pre-approved on the sites well before the auction goes live that you want to bid on. Nothing is more frustrating than, I don't know, I'm just going to use a recent example, a heritage auction when everything goes kablooey during the auction and no one is getting approved and I'm sending emails to customer service saying, I was approved, now I'm not approved, what's going on? 
they had to reboot a whole bunch of auctions a couple of weekends ago because of technical issues. So if you don't, don't do what I did, get a pre-approved the first time, and then you don't have to worry about it after that. So cons, <laughs> shall we say it together on the count of three? Yes. One, two, three. Fees, fees, fees. fees. <laughs> so, let me give you an example. Marvel Boy number two. Hey, look, there's little Quasar with his little hot pants. So <laughs> I, I wanted to buy this book. I've been looking for one and two for a while. I saw a 5.0 of number two on Heritage. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Uh, my maximum bid was $450 for a, um, a 5.0 because the GPA was around 460 or so. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'll go up to here and that's it. So I got very excited when I won it for $380. I thought, wow, okay, good. Now, I know there's a buyer's premium. That's what they call the uh, additional fees that the auction house collects for themselves. You know, they're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They want to make some money too. So the uh, I'm going to walk you through my invoice. The subtotal $380. The buyer's premium was $76. Fine. Fair enough. So that is a total of $456. Now, services and handling. This is packing the book, shipping the book, the postage, the insurance. That was $20.97. It's a slab, right? That's not outrageous. I mean, if you ship a slab in a medium uh, USPS uh, flat rate box it's fifteen dollars and 65 cents so you add some insurance on that six bucks great not the end of the world sales tax and i live in southern california sales tax here is 10.25 percent thanks obama uh jeez oh man <laughs> whoa so sales tax was 48 dollars and 89 cents my new total was $525.86 on a $380 book. But wait, Richard, there's more. I used a credit card because I wanted to earn some American Airlines miles on it, right? Why not? Payments by credit card are subject to a 2.5% surcharge. <laughs> now... I'm fine with the buyer's premium. I'm fine with the shipping and handling. I'm, I have to be fine with the sales tax. I don't have a choice. I'm not fine with paying their credit card processing fees. If right. you are a major company that accepts credit cards and your heritage and you do multi-million dollar auctions every month, you know what? You can eat the 2.5% credit card fee. Because what if you went to Best Buy and you bought a widescreen TV and they said, oh, you're using your credit card? All right, we're going to add an extra 2.5% to that. You would think they're the, like the local Arco down the street. Trying to <laughs> it's tacky, right? It, it is. It's it's like, like we do. When we sell a high dollar book, we typically just roll the shipping in because it's – it's just part of the cost of business. Right, right. You, you want to keep a customer happy. And I, you know, this happened. Richard and I were bidding on separate books at the se same time. Uh, I aming each other. I aming. I said it this week. Uh, <laughs> each other. And 
we were both like, after we got our fees and everything, we're both of us separately came together and said, I'm never buying from heritage no. again. <laughs> I'm not. No, it's, it's unless it is something that you have no other recourse. Can I share my auction? I also bought a book. I actually bought two books during that auction, but that's not the story I want to tell. Mm. John contacted me, uh, before this auction ran about a couple of months ago at this point, three months ago, yeah. and told me one of the books that's one of my grails, which is Marvel Family Comics, number one, first appearance of Black Adam. I am a Black Adam fan, as you will see later on. So this book doesn't come up very often. This is a golden age book from 1945. Uh, it is a hard book to come by. So it was showing up at this auction house. So uh, I, I, Applied to the auction house. I registered. The bid was at the time like twelve hundred dollars. It was some low number. I, this book is a easily um, five six thousand dollar book uh, by by any accounts. But it was raw. Is one of the problems. So I was a little 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 concerned about that. I did not look. I was so excited. I did not look closely enough at what what the buyer's premium was yes so uh so i set i set the maximum uh bid as at the top of the amount of money i was willing to spend um thirty five hundred dollars so that was the cap that's that's that was the all the money that i wanted to spend on this thing right so i won the book here it is right here you it is absolutely gorgeous um i was so excited about getting this book uh, until, until I got the invoice for, for the book. So let me, let me read my invoice. John read his. So the auction itself, the book was $3,500. That's, that's, that's what I, I won the auction. The buyer's premium was $630 is a 20% premium. Holy moly. On top of that, there was a $289 tax. We are around 8%, 7.5% here in Ohio. I need to move. You, no, you don't. <laughs> you, you, you are where you belong. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so the grand total for this $3,500 book is now $4,419. Uh, your, your wife's not in the room, is she? No. Okay, good. Go, go on. <laughs> uh, and that does not include shipping. They handle their shipping through a different firm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's the complete sticker shot. A thousand dollars. Now, some of that's tax, and that's like John says, you. That's just something that you have to accept. Mm -hmm. But you know, the buyer's premium is such um, an addition to what what your overall expenses are. You really need to factor that in. Uh, yeah. And some sites do a good job in doing that. They will uh, heritage, for example, as you're bidding on a book, they'll show you what your bid is, and right. then they'll show you what your bid is with the premium, so that you can kind of level set and keep keep your eye on what your real budget's going to be. Uh, now, the thing about heritage, I will give them credit: the book shipped lightning fast. They have everything in house. Yes. So the minute you win it, 
it's and you pay for it it's out the door and you get it fairly quickly some other sites comic link you know they're they're, they're hosting third party stuff so mm-hmm. you win the book they have to contact the buyer or the seller the seller gets paid you got to wait for them to ship it to comic link comic link then ships it to you it, it's a whole thing so there are sometimes i bought from comic link and i've had to wait three four weeks to get the book so I am going to give heritage props for the, for the fast shipping, but you and I have the same straw that broke both of our backs, but in different ways, heritage buyers, premium shipping, the 2.5 credit card processing thing is such an insult that that's, that was my breaking point. Like, Nope, done with you. I'm done with you. Your breaking point, on the uh bullock auctions we can just call it what it is right right <laughs> is, is the uh they're 20 buyers premium 20 percent. now i've heard you know i i used to be well i'm still at the cars so um some of the auction sites uh that 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 do cars they do 10 percent to the buyer 10 percent to the seller mm-hmm. and that to me sounds kind of fair you still get your 20 percent, but you're you're not gouging the buyer for the you know the privilege of taking the book but no it's it 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 is something that um you have to take into account now this book um it was it's very rare i mean there are there are a couple of copies out on ebay there's a 3.5 on ebay right now and they're asking ten thousand dollars for it so (laughs) yeah you know it's to get an opportunity to get to get this book um it's worth a premium but I don't know if that premium is 25, 20% worth it. My $380 book, I am now almost $200 underwater in it. I mean, I would have to sell this for $550 to get what I paid for it and, and you know, a little change. That's it. And, and that, to me, it's not worth it. It's just not. No, I mean, I, I would never buy like a, a Thor three three seven, or you know, a, a common book. You can get that through other sources for less of a premium. Yeah, uh, it's it's the you know books like that Marvel family that are that are rarer uh, to come across, especially raw. You know, in, in that condition. Um, so yeah, if you're going to use an auction house, make sure first of all you go there with your eyes open, wide open, and understand what the fees are going to be before you place the bid because once you get the bidding situation it gets all heated and oh, yeah. you, you gets all excited and you start raising your cap because you know you're not factoring in that you know that premium into the overall cost and then once the once you know that fervor is over with you look and you see well geez i'm over my budget by x amount of dollars because i didn't take into account that buyer's uh premium so take you know go into this with your eyes open Adrenaline definitely takes over. And, and in my in my case, it did as well. And it shouldn't have. And that's my fault. It's also my fault for not reading the fine print. I should have read every single possible thing. If I had seen that 2.5% credit card processing fee ahead of time, I probably would have felt better about it a little bit. I wouldn't feel good about it. I still don't. But at least, uh, you know, I would have known about it. But seeing it on this invoice kind of buried it just is like a twist of the knife. I, I I did not like that. Now, 
I'm I'm saying never again. Now watch next week. They're going to put up a yellow claw number one. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's it's. But the the thing about it is, you can for those high dollar kinds of books like yellow claw number one. um, There are some opportunities that come up because the one of the problems with or one of the advantages of these auction houses is you have a very targeted market. But if the people who are interested in that particular category of book are sleeping or not yeah. not engaged, you can get you can sneak some real deals in there because you know for a yellow call number one, there may be you know there are certain people who would be directly competing with you, but yeah. it's a smaller pool than let's say eBay in terms of overall eyeballs. So yeah, you could you can win out and 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 get a deal. But again, you got to factor in those premiums. You got to do your homework. We're here to help. Uh, let us know in the comments if we missed anything. Let us know if you have any questions because we, we always take these questions on a segment we call viewer mail. You've got mail. And there's no viewer mail today. <laughs> John purged it. <laughs> there's no viewer mail on Mondays anymore because viewer mail is now being handled on our bonus episodes. Uh, we, we have a second bonus episode that goes live every week. Now, the only way you're going to know when it goes live is if you hit that notification bell and you get notified here on YouTube. And if you have, uh, if you listen to us on the podcast platform, you should have your notifications uh, on your phone set to let you know when new podcasts go live. So uh, look for viewer mail there. Uh, and gosh, no one in viewer mail, Richard, has given me any new segues for the 25-year rule. So <laughs> that is my segue for the 25-year rule. <laughs> this is one I've been waiting to do since we hit 1996 four months ago. Oh, I, I have I have felt the approaching doom. <laughs> so why don't you go into the book? That broke you. I started collecting comic books in 1973. Yes, you heard that right. To the person who on last week's bonus episode said that they were looking for a book when they were a kid in 2007. (laughs) I started collecting in 1973. I was five years old and I found a copy of Captain America 156 on the playground. And it changed me forever. I love Captain America. He is my all-time favorite superhero. Since that day in 1973, I have bought every single issue of Captain America. Month in, month out. Come rain, come shine. Come great writers like Steve Gerber, Jack Kirby, Steve Englehart, Mark Wade. Through bad writers, well, I wouldn't say bad, through not as good writers as Mike Carlin, <laughs> J.M.D. Matias, people like that. Then came the day in 1996 when Marvel announced Captain America, Iron Man, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers were being canceled to make way for an initiative called Heroes Reborn, mm-hmm. where some of the Image Comics founders would then take over those books, revitalizing them for a new generation. One of those books, as I said, was Captain America. And the creative person put in charge of Captain America, kicking off the stellar creative team of Mark Wade and Ron Garney, was Robert Liefeld. This image on your screen now was used to promote Captain America Heroes Reborn. You'll notice Captain America's full, lumptuous breasts. You'll notice the 
just incredibly impossible anatomy, beyond impossible. Oh, all yeah. this and thought to myself, oh my, this is not Ron Garney. I got the first issue of Captain America number one by Rob Liefeld, Jeff Loeb, and Chuck Dixon. I took it home. I looked through it. I would say I read it, but it took maybe three minutes to read. I promptly shredded it into a billion pieces. No lie. I ripped a comic book up. I've never done that in my life before nor since. And I said to myself, well, I guess I'm not buying Captain America anymore. And I did not. And the fact that I was no longer going to the shop every month to pick up Captain America meant that I wasn't going to pick up Daredevil anymore. I wasn't going to pick up uh, Love and Rockets anymore. All the books I was still buying, I just gave it up. I then took all of my comics, all 42 long boxes that I had left, and I sold them all. I sold them all to a local shop in in uh, in Lakewood, Ohio. <laughs> I believe it was called BNL Comics. I think that was the name of it. I'm yes, BNL. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that was it. No more. I am a man now. I'm moving on. I bought a 1996 ford ranger pickup truck that was purple do you remember that truck yes, i do i didn't know you funded that with your comic book that with my funny book money all right why did captain america number one by rob liefeld break me well look at it okay yeah. now you know why <laughs> let's move on to what this book is now doing on the secondary market it's actually seeing a pickup uh because of one thing and that is it is the first appearance of a character named ricky barnes who was the new female bucky so wait he swapped out a male sidekick with a female sidekick that is so edgy and original frank miller dark knight returns um great rob there are six variant covers for this book. Great. Uh, the 90-day average sale for a 9.8 is $128. That's up from $62 last year. There's rumors about Ricky Barnes being something. I don't know. I couldn't care. Uh, I could not possibly care less. Do I hate Rob Liefeld? No, I do not. Do I slam rob liefeld completely for forever because of this i do not i think rob liefeld brings energy to the page i think i get why kids like him uh it's he's an acquired taste that much like jack kirby people couldn't mm -hmm. stand jack kirby back in the day people thought jack would jack the hack uh or bill Sienkiewicz too bill i mean he's an acquired guy. yeah uh -huh. so i get it I just don't like what happened to my favorite character of all time. So that's why I'm spewing it all out here today because I want to get it out of my system. Okay. Now I know uh, as a completionist, have you replaced that Captain America one that you shredded? Absolutely not. I do wow. not have a copy of any of those issues in my collection. Uh, so now, I, if I ran across a set at a show or something, I might pick it up. I mean, it's not like they're going to touch my book like mold and spread. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, not at all. Uh, um, I, I have a much more. It's what 1996, 25 years ago. If I haven't grown and changed in 25 years, something's wrong with me. You know, no, right, right. And, you know, it, it's interesting. 
people have that kind of reaction to Rob's work. Um, you either love it or you just can't, can't handle it. And frankly, I, I've never been impressed by his anatomy. But mm-hmm. like you do say, he brings a certain energy to the book, you know, just like Bill Sienkiewicz, I have I don't care for his style, but, but I understand where he where he's trying to go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the same thing with Rob. So I liked Rob Liefeld when he first hit the scene. I really did. Uh, he did a miniseries for Hawk and Dove for DC. That was his first mainstream work. It was great. It was exciting. It was new. It was different. It was Art Adams ish. It was very yeah. Art Adams ish. Uh, <laughs> Carl Kessel has a lot to do with that. It's the inker, I think. The Then he took over New Mutants, a book that I was reading from issue one that had really gone to the dogs. I mean, it was you had characters like Bird Boy. Uh, <laughs> you had like Cypher dying on a bird island. I don't know, whatever that story was. It was horrible. And Rob Liefeld comes on and just gives the, the book a, a good swift kick in the keister. And it, and it really energized that book and it made it readable again. It just this was just you know this was not chocolate and peanut butter two great tastes that taste great together it was not a Reese's <laughs> maybe a Reese's monkey cup but yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> I I know I spent the first half of this segment just completely trashing the guy but I I also think looking at his GI Joe stuff that he's doing now for IDW I like it I like his variant covers. You know, sometimes there's one like the Venom cover that just came out with Deadpool where you're like, okay, that's the Rob I know. You know uh, he's, he's definitely matured as an as an artist. I, I think I think he's taken some of the criticism he's gotten to heart and has improved his overall uh, anatomy. But yeah, he's he's not the same artist as he was when they first started Image. And, you know, I do like his podcast. It's interesting. It's fun. Uh, he loves the same stuff you and I do, like classic Avengers, Bronze Age runs and things like that. He he's has such a love for comics that I don't want to sit here and just be like, Rob, that's too obvious. There, people have shades of gray, including uh-huh. our buddy Rob. Yep, absolutely. All right. Our underrated books of the week. Richard, you teased it. Let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah. uh, A book came out in February of this year called Black Adam Number One, The Endless Winter Special. Uh, This book, the A cover is okay. Mm. Um, The the real show, uh, the, the real the real book is the B cover. This is a white cover with Black Adam in a snowstorm and his cape is flowing behind him. It's a very, very spectacular cover. Uh, it sat there and languished for a while. Um, and then in the last couple of weeks, we've seen it go from a 10 to $20 book. Now it's last week, you know, it spiked to over a hundred dollars and I'm not really sure the cause of the spike. People are concerned that it's artificial and that the book will go down in value. And, and definitely it has. You think? Um, I think it's just a great cover. People just didn't know about it because of I, uh, everything that happened last year around February. Right. No, I think I, you know, th- that's why it's my, my, my pick. Yeah. I think the value has gone, you know, the, the price has gone down temporarily. You know, it was selling for a hundred. You can still see some listings for 150 people being aspirational mm-hmm. uh, on eBay, but you can also find it for 40 bucks, 35 bucks. And to me, this is a perfect opportunity to buy because this is the kind of cover when I first saw this cover, the first thing I thought of was Thor 337, the first cover appearance of 
Beta Ray Bill. It's yeah. that same striking pose on a white background. And that book, that Beta Ray Bill cover, now is a $1,000 book. While I, I think it's this book spiked because people were really excited about the cover. And now that there is no real news about Black Adam, I think it's falling a little bit. But as soon as we hear it, see a trailer and we actually see The Rock, who has been training for uh, over a year for this particular role. Once we see him in costume and, you know, we get that excitement, there aren't a lot of other real standout covers that represent um, Black Adam. I listed a couple. There is Black Adam number one, which is an Alex Ross cover where he's standing looking up and there's lightning shooting around him. It is a gorgeous cover. It is by far my favorite cover for uh, Black Adam. And then there is JSA 23, which is another Alex Ross cover where it's a black background and uh, he's basically illuminating the scene with lightning in his hand. And it's a, it's an awesome cover. That one's cheap. The, uh, the other Alex Ross cover uh, is expensive. Now it's, it's going for about five, $600 as, as CGC 9.8. The JSA 23 cover is still only like $12 raw. So you could still pick that up. That JSA run has so many iconic Alex yes. Ross covers, and everyone's sleeping on that JSA run. Even if you don't read it, every cover is a home run. Yeah, if 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 you liked Kingdom Come uh, and his style there, this you want to see. You want to check out that run because it is just some phenomenal covers. So you know, it be, other than those two covers, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of another really exciting Black Adam cover. Mm -hmm. So this is an opportunity to get in on the ground floor before we have that energy from the trailer and the movie and all the scuttlebutt coming around the movie as, as you know, we approach the premiere. So now is the opportunity to buy this book. And I think 40 bucks is a great investment. It's an yeah. awesome cover. It's a gorgeous cover. Um, it's already been slabbed. There's, there's 10 on the, the census right now at 9.8. I have a 9.8 slab. I was gonna um, say, you one of those ten? You've got to be. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. Uh, now I am biased because I am I am hardcore and you know I'm an anti-hero guy. I love I love Black Adam, Doctor Doom, Namor, um, you know all those all those complex characters. And I think if The Rock really plays this this character well, and I the signs are he really is taking this role seriously. Um, and if, if this movie really takes off, these covers, I think, are the, you know, Thor 337 of of uh, Black Adam. And I think you'll you'll be happy with the returns that you get from it. Black Adam for president 2024. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting. That's a good one. I think that, you know, like we said, that, that book came out last February and that was right before everything started closing down and comic shops were really hit hard early on. So I think if you start going through long boxes at your local LCS, you might find this one hiding in there. And that may be why the prices are fluctuating because people are going back and looking and finding these in, in bins. So go look, pick it up. You can't, in my opinion, it's it's rife for an explosion at, at some point once we get more Black Adam news. Kaboom. All right. My pick this week is Agents of Atlas number one. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's too obvious. Although that book is blowing up right now, Richard, as you sent uh, a message to me earlier today. 
Yes, yes, we're seeing real, real increases in price over that, and and I'm really curious to find out what the what's causing that momentum. I did movie spec. I think 100% people are like the whole Asian market, uh, the China deal with Marvel. I think people are just uh, assuming that Shang Chi is going to start leading into this. Jimmy Woo appearing in WandaVision. I mean, it doesn't telegraph any harder. Than- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> This is Agents of Atlas number one, the first miniseries from 2006. Now, what is this? There's a reason why the other book is called New Agents of Atlas, because there was an old Agents of Atlas. This is the old Agents of Atlas. This was a story about the reformation of a 1950s super team that was led by Jimmy Woo back in the day. And they are now in the present Marvel Universe. Uh, Gorilla Man, the living robot, Marvel Boy, and (laughs) another favorite of mine, Venus, the goddess of love. This was the first actual Agents of Atlas team that was led by Jimmy Woo. And they had a six-issue miniseries. They had an ongoing series. They had several spinoff miniseries. Agents of Atlas versus the Avengers. Agents of Atlas versus the X-Men. You name it. They never met the Thunderbolt. That would have been good. Um, so I think if new Agents of Atlas continues to take off, people are going to start gravitating towards this mini because it is the first Agents of Atlas title uh, proper. Don't forget about What If Number 9, which is the actual first appearance of the Agents of Atlas. They weren't called that then. They were called the 1950s Avengers. But that's that first appearance of that group. I've got several. All right. Uh- <laughs> a, GPA, a GPA for a 9.6, which is the only sale reflected in this book in GPA, was for $89 last October. It was not mine. Um, but that tells me that there's no activity around this book right now. Total sleeper. I, I would say get it to read it. It's so good. Jeff Parker writes such a good story. And it, the art's great. The story's great, and you want to see the origins of Jimmy Woo and his Agents of Atlas team. This is the place to look. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I can't, I can't wait to see what they do with Jimmy Woo. I think, like you said, they're telegraphing pretty hard during WandaVision. So yeah. once once we see him in Shang-Chi, it's going to kind of cascade from that point, and we'll see him in more – good good for that actor too because he's, he's a good actor. So I'm looking yeah. forward to see him making some coin. All right, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Make sure you join us later this week for our bonus episode. Hit that like, notification bell, subscription button, review, blah, blah, blah. Richard, what else do people need to do? They need to do what? They need to like and subscribe on Facebook and Instagram up there at Bronze and Modern Gods, as well as our website, bronzeandmoderngods.com. I promise I will update the website this week. If you've gone there and you went, hey, why are you, tell- why are you telling me to go here? Why, why are you requiring Flash? <laughs> yeah. It's not that bad. We will see you later on this week. Bye, everybody. Everybody stay safe.